Let's sing it everywhere. Let's sing it tonight. I want to hear you sing it. Father, we're speechless. We're speechless. Many waters have passed under the bridge. There were times we thought we will not make it through. There were times that there were huge testimonies. There were times that it seems as if we're passing the valley of the shadow of death. But you kept us you preserved us we're here today we're grateful we are grateful oh my god thank you for blessings that we know thank you for blessings we do not know thank you for for battles that were won that we are aware of but thank you for battles that were won that we are not even aware of because the Bible says that he that watches over Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers and while we're in that sleep battles have been won by your mighty hands on and for us we give you praise we give you praise from January to February to March April, May, June June, July, August August, September, October November, December, December the 1st, the 7th, the 10th, the 14th, the 20th, the 24th, and just few days, and 2019 will be a wrap, and we are alive, and we are healthy, and we're strong. Glory be to your holy name. We honor you, Jesus. You deserve all the glory. And we ask in the name of Jesus Christ as the word has been taught today that you flood our minds and our hearts with revelations of your word. We give you the praise and the glory. And every grateful say, say a big amen. Before you have your seats, we're going to shout three powerful hallelujahs to the Lord that has kept us up till now. Has it kept you up till now? Are you grateful? Let's go ahead. One to go. God, please, you can have your seat. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow. Once again, I want to welcome everyone. I want to welcome, I'm saying hi to my friend and his wife. You know, I want to welcome everyone to this last Sunday service of this year. We're grateful to God, you know, 
Let, let me tell you a brief story that will help you. My mom died maybe about seven years ago now, but I have an aunt that is close to my mom, so, you know, like, she kind of, like, fills that gap because we can have all those mommy stories and talk. She's not my mom, but I can have those talks. And, um, of course, one of the songs my mom would sing when she was alive at this time was this. It's a Yoruba song, so all of it are not Yoruba. Just permit me for this time to sing this song. I don't know how to interpret it. The song says, Iwoyi eshi la jonjo. Iwoyi eshi means last, this time last year, like this season. I hope that's what it means. You know, Iwoyi eshi la jonjo. What does it mean? What's eshi? What? Same time, right? Same time last year. So the song says, Iwoyi eshi la jonjo. So, I mean, my mom passed on and she couldn't sing the song again. Then this my auntie, every time she calls me in December, she would either come to our house or come on the phone and hug me. I'm like, Well, she passed on three weeks ago. So, I remember I woke up sometime in December and I sat on the bed. And I remember the song, and it's only me that can sing it right now. Because the other two people that used to sing it are all in the earth. And you think about it. When you say you had a tough year, the only reason why you say you have a tough year is because you're alive. To someone that is dead, the journey is over. It's terminal. There's no tough year. There's no tough year. There's no untough year again. It's over. That you can even say you have a tough year. Glory to God. Because you had a tough year because you are what? Alive. So you had a great year because you are alive. So when I woke up and sat on the bed that morning, I sang the song and tears came down my eyes. Because I don't sing the song alone. I always have people that sing the song with me. But it's a very old song. Even my wife doesn't know it. So Oh, wow. She can sing that song again because she's changed states. I'm only telling you that when we're grateful to God, it's not because things are perfect. We're just grateful because we choose to look on the right side. I'm grateful because there's life. And as long as there's life, there is hope. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So some of you have to go back home today and call your kids and call your wife and call your children and call all the people that stay with us and say, hey, let's just spend time and thank God. Maybe you've, not, maybe you've eaten so much rice for Christmas, you've not remembered that there's a God to actually thank. Let's go ahead and thank him. Some people, the first time they traveled, they had an accident. I mean, you will hear amazing, amazing stories. The things you take for granted, how people go through the same thing and something will happen to them. You'll be surprised. Hallelujah. So he, he deserves it. Unquestionable, you are the Lord. Unquestionable, you are the Lord. Unquestionable. Unquestionable. Unquestionable, you are the Lord. You know when I sing that song, when I have questions, and I just told myself that, some things the pastors are perfect. Of course, pastors are perfect. You know them. Pastor the Jilawa, Pastor Lumide, Pastor, you know, all those pastors are perfect. You don't have problems. You can tell they're perfect. People like us, 
we have things we're working at. So sometimes, <sighs> microphone, okay? Is it from here? When I get, praise the Lord. All right. When I get to heaven, there are questions I want to ask God. But I'm not going to allow the questions I have to ask God to affect my worship of God. Because if I'm angry with God, who is going to help me? Because many of you think that we're very stupid, that, you know, with all that is going on, where's their God? In fact, we have no help. We have no other than, than we don't have anyone. Some of you, maybe you know Sean Gomez, I don't know. Because the way you want to fight God, it's only him. No matter what your parents do, they're your parents. That's not true. If you say you disown them, you can't dis dispute the fact that they're your parents. They're just disowned parents. They're still parents. <laughs> so, if you want to be angry, God, there's nothing. It's just God. Hallelujah. All right, so let's turn our Bible to First Thessalonians chapter 5. And this morning, I'm going to speak about, as it's a preparation, it's a, it's a message to prepare you. Judith, how are you? So thank you for not replying all my messages. Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to talk to us really about... Okay. Is this from my microphone? Yes, but it's failing, so it's, I, it feels like a moment. So I want them to fix it so I don't just keep going and... So I want to talk to you about how to prepare for the season ahead of us, which is 2020. So this morning I'm talking about using prophetic words to influence the seasons of life. Using prophetic words to influence the seasons of life. The first thing I want to say is this, that people always say that whatever happens is the will of God. That is not true. It is not true that everything that happens on earth is the will of God. Especially when people die. You hear them say things like this. In submission to the will of God, we regret to announce. See, that statement is not consistent with the word of God. Someone says, I thought when people die, God, God, God did that. Listen to me. If God really allowed or made everybody die why did jesus christ raise people from the dead the reason jesus raised people from the dead was to prove that those people died prematurely glory to god because if they died at that time why should they be raised from the dead so jesus christ got to the damsel that died and said oh you should not be dead by this time this is not your time to die so therefore get up lazarus you should not be dead by this time this is not the time for you to die. So get up. But I said all of that to say something. That what most people say, you know, let, let's allow the will of God to happen. Most of the time it's not the will of God. And that's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says something very powerful. He says, let your will be done on earth as it is what? Done in heaven. Meaning that on earth, the will of God is not always done. 
So, it's our duty as believers to enforce that the will of God is done on earth. It's our responsibility to do that. That to make sure that the will of God is done. Why am I saying that to you? So when you think of 2020, don't think of what will happen to you. You are the one that will happen to 2020. Glory to God. Oh, you're the one that will happen to 2020. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 16. The Bible says, rejoice evermore. And when the Bible says rejoice evermore, it's an instruction. Because God's word does not advise us. God tells us what to do. He says, rejoice forevermore. He says, pray without ceasing. Now in verse 18, it says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Then verse 19, he says in everything, and, and that's a tough one. He says, when you lose your job, it's tough, it's a give thanks. When your boyfriend breaks up with you, he says, give thanks. Hey, your child has an ulcer. He says, in that situation, give thanks. You're struggling to pay the fee. He said, give thanks. The government puts a ban on your product. He says, in that situation, give thanks. The reason why is this. Every time you are giving thanks, you are assuring yourself that God is in charge of this. He says, in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the next line says something very powerful. He says, quench not the spirit. When he says quench not the spirit, what he means to say is this. Do not suppress the spirit. Why? Because the spirit can be suppressed. See, as a Christian, ah, you must learn to use the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there, there are many Christians that the reason why the struggle is this, they don't know how to yield to the person of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'll, I will tell you. Because sometimes, there are things the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to do, He's going to tell you to do, that you do not understand. But because you trust him, though you don't see him, you are able to carefully follow that guidance, that prompting, that, that intuition of the spirit. I'll give an example. The Lord really stirred up in my heart beginning of this year. He said, this year, the focus on unstoppable. He said, the barriers will not necessarily change. He said, but in spite of the barriers, you will have a testimony. Oh, wow. When he said that to me, I said, oh, boy. So I should stop praying for mountains to move. In spite of mountains, I will have a testimony. I said, thank you, Jesus. Then when he came to church, God began to say, so your movement, you've been trying to move to the other venue for a long time now. He says, move. I said, but we don't. He said, move. He said, any way you can move, move. Create more room. And it's amazing because, so we started the church in Antonio. We remember that we had this tent, like this one, with both four Ikeja Church. We set up the tent for Ikeja Church. And when we set up the, set up the tent there, I think we had the first service in that first week of November or last week of October. I was amazed that this was what amazed me the most. In a period of one month, the Antony Church, the fifth and Antony Church, had grown to maybe almost a thousand people at its peak. Meanwhile, Bagada had reduced by a hundred people. You would have thought that 
the way they grew to a thousand, Bagada lost a thousand. Bagada ran down by probably a hundred, and they grew to a thousand. I said, where are these people coming from? By the power of the Holy Ghost. See, but when God told me, I could not figure it out. I couldn't. You know why it's difficult to follow God? The reason why is this, because human beings cannot connect the dots of what God has told you and what you want to happen. That's why it's difficult to follow God. The reason why it's difficult to follow the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit is this. Because when he speaks to you, this is why it's difficult. It's not because you're stupid. You know it's the right thing to follow God. But because you can't connect what God has told you and what you want to see to happen. Because you're wondering if I do this, how does it affect this one? But listen to me. This is what you don't know. <laughs> you are the one that is walking into the future. Your future is inside God. And God already connected the dots by himself. And he knows what you will do today that will influence tomorrow. He knows what you do today that will influence tomorrow. And he's asking to do those things because of the influence he wants to see on your tomorrow. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You, know, you know I'm telling you this? The reason why is that every child of God, every child of God, you can't live carelessly. You can't live. Every child of God has a plan from God. Every child of God has, God has a plan for your life. For some people here, I, I know that right now, everybody wants to move to Canada. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Some of you here, the best decisions you can do. Can you help me keep the hum on the, micro, on the microphones? On the speakers, rather. Some of you here, the best thing that will ever happen to you in your life is move to Canada. Some of you here, the worst thing that will ever happen to you in your life it's going to Canada. Did you remember that this is not the first time things like this are happening? Bible says there was famine in the days of Abraham. And Abraham went down to what? Egypt. Then his son in the days of Isaac, what happened? Because Isaac had seen his father go down to Egypt on the famine. When there was famine also, Isaac was going to go down to what? Egypt. But God stopped him. Why? Destiny is not by association. It's personal. That's the truth. It may work for 10 others and not work on you because it was done in the path of your destiny. Abraham, Abraham went to Egypt and came back out of Egypt with solid wealth. But God stopped, the Bible says, and God stopped Isaac. It says, do not go down to Egypt. It says, stay in the land. And so, in that same land, what will happen? Bible says, he planted crops. The crops grew in that same land. The reason why is this. As a Christian, there's a plan of God for your life. You come to church. God says, say hi to the lady next to you. Look at her. Say, She's not my speck girl. I'll not say hi to her. See, did God say marry her? All God said is say hi to her. But because of your mind, oh, I'm single, she's single. Maybe God wants me some data. I know that. Meanwhile, you're looking for a job and she's the sister of the boss that is going to interview you. But you are so short-sighted. You cannot see what God is seeing. Listen, the reason why people find it to follow God all the way is that human beings are short-sighted and God sees the future. All of a sudden, you say hi to her and you guys become friends. And obviously, hey, what, what are you doing? You say, I'm applying for a job in work. XYZ company. You say, really? You say, my, my brother is the head of HR there. Does he, has he seen your application and has a word? And that may just help you, give you some leverage. But in your mind, she doesn't look like someone that can help you 
or someone that you can marry. So it's not someone I want to talk to. What I'm saying to you is this. It pays to follow God. He says, quench not the spirit. You know why he said so? Because a lot of believers are in the habit of quenching the spirit. And you know the bad thing about quenching the spirit? When you quench the spirit long enough, you will not hear it again. Let me give an example. Some of you live near the airport, the, the airport here. Have you noticed that when you first moved to the area, when you first moved there, this happened, that the airplane, as they took off and descended, they were, they were waking you up? Yes or no? After two weeks, what happened? What happened? You stopped hearing it. When you quench the spirit and quench the spirit, after some time, you will never hear the spirit again. Not because he's not talking, but your mind knows that you don't respond to the spirit. So it's an unnecessary voice. So every time the spirit responds to something, your mind automatically discards it because the voice is not a voice you pay attention to. It's a, it's a gift that God gave. It's, it's a human mind. If not so, people will be, very, will be mad. You know what makes people mad? Mad people respond to a lot of stimulus. Why same people are saying is that same people respond to the right stimulus. Quench your spirit. I, I, was, um, I, I was somewhere and I met some people and as I was going, God said, give her money. And the money I had in my pocket, I planned. Do you have money that you have planned? You know, you know sometimes you have loose money. Do you know how to lose money? Like, yeah, yeah. I said, that money was planned. I didn't even have Naira. It was foreign currency. And God said, give her. I said, I can send it. He said, give her now. <laughs> so, after I tried to wave it off, I responded. Till tomorrow, I don't know why God said I should do it. But Monday, I'm going to say it. But God taught me something. Because I'm like, oh God, why did because sometimes I want to see something. I say, God, but you told me to do that. I've not seen the result. And God says that. Your joy is not even the result that you see. Your first joy is in the fact that you are doing my will. <laughs> Glory to God. Just the fact that I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm in the will of God. That should make you joyous. How many of you can say this year, everything God told me to do, I did it? Very few can say so. That everything that God told me to do, I did it. Yet the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Let's look at that. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Verse 19. Let's read together. I want to go. If you be willing. And obedient, what will happen? There are two conditions for eating the good of, the li of life. Two things. Number one, you must be willing. See, it's not enough to obey God. And there's a problem with those of you that are tight, but you're tight grudgingly. You've given the money, but your heart has taken it back. So many times for tight. Just because now they've reminded in church. For the offering to be received, for the tithe to be received, it must be given willingly. The Bible says God doesn't like a, grudge, a, a giver that gives grudgingly. 
He says, if you be willing. The second thing is, so it's two things. There's the willingness and there's what? The obedience. It might be difficult. But since you have chosen to do it, do it willingly. Why? God sees the heart. Glory to God. How many of you are in relationships that God has sought to come out of? And as long as Lot was with Abraham, Sarah could not conceive. Did you hear me? As long as Lot was with Abraham, Sarah could not have a child. How many of you are in a relationship that God has asked you to come out of? How many of you have refused to enter a relationship that God has asked you to enter into? And you keep asking, why are you not eating the good of the land? This is the reason why. Because you must be willing and obedient. You are so attached to the things that God wants to separate you from. And some of you are wondering, all these people that left me, why did they leave me? When God separates you from people, Always remember, you are not the one that heard what they said when you were not there. He is the one that heard them. I'm telling you. And he heard them and responded. If only you know the problem you don't know. And yet, you are fighting for all that's taken from you. God is removing you from danger and you're fighting for it. And you're fighting for it. And you're fighting for it. It's a quenching of the spirit. In the year ahead, quenching of the spirit. I said, can you say boldly that everything God has told me to do in 2019, I've done it. Can you say confidently? If you're willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. Everybody's moving to Abuja. I'm going to Abuja. Who sent you? Our faces may look alike. Our path and destiny are different. Somebody say hallelujah. Let's you one more verse. One more verse. The Bible says this, quench not the spirit, verse 19. Then verse 20 says, despise not prophesying. I want to see the context in which it says, it said, hey, quench not the spirit, but when it comes to prophecy, do not despise. The reason why he says do not despise is this, because prophecy can be easily despised. And guess what? Every, every prophecy that is despised does not happen. For prophecies to happen, you have to be conscious of it. What, 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 why does God give us prophecy? Hallelujah. What are prophecy? Prophecies are inspired utterance in known tongues. What is inspired utterance? Prophecy is a divine message. It's not something that you come up with. It's a divine message. Why am I telling you this? One of the things that God will use to direct you next day is a prophetic words. God uses prophecy to direct you. Inspired messages. But why prophecy and why does God give us prophecy? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 
in verse 2. Let's read together. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. Hey, 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 hey. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. Maybe I should flip in my own Bible. Okay, let's hear. The Bible says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, however in the spirit he speaketh what mysteries. See, this is a problem that people have. People say, if you really speak in tongues, we should hear you. You should be speaking sometimes Ijebu, sometimes Ijesha, sometimes French. But because there's a way they've interpreted tongues. But that's not what the Bible says. See what the Bible says. Bible says, for he that speaks in tongues, Bible says, no man. When it says no man, it means what? No man, including you. Well, ah. So it says, no man. Did you notice that outside Act chapter 2, there was no other instance where they spoke in tongues and people said they understood them? Did you notice that? There was no other instance. But people that say that when you're speaking in tongues, no, no, no. People are speaking fake tongues because they speak real tongues. You'll be hearing Spanish, hearing, you know, hearing Spanish, hearing Mandarin. You should be speaking. But what's the Bible says? The Bible says when you speak in tongues, go back, go back, please. It says, for he that speaks in their own tongues, speak it unto. First of all, why shouldn't you understand? The tongues is not directed to you. So why must you understand it? He says, firstly, for he that speaketh not, speaketh not unto man. So, if I'm not talking to you, why must you understand me? But unto God, next line, for no man does what? Understand him. Next verse, so someone says, but on the day of Pentecost, they understood them. Uh-uh, you've misconfused it. You've confused it. On the day of Pentecost, let me tell you what happened. There is no way a hundred and twenty people are speaking in tongues in the room. Then all of a sudden, 5,000 put Gaza, and each person was able to identify, this one's speaking my Igbo, this one's speaking Edo, this one's speaking Ijo. No. It's, it's, if one twenty people are speaking in tongues, it will be chaotic at the same time before you start picking out who is speaking this. Is, and apart from that, there are 5,000 people. If everybody heard in their own language, there should be about 5,000 languages. So what happened? What happened was this. As they spoke in tongues in Acts chapter 2, God gave them the ability to interpret. So what they heard was the interpretation of those things in the languages. Glory to God. So the Bible says this, but why do we prophesy now? He says, He that prophesieth speaketh unto men, and unto what edification? He said, this is what prophecy does for you. He said, prophecy builds you up. Hey, hey. <laughs> you know why I love prophecy? Because once I hear what God is telling me, what God is saying for 2020. In that way, as I'm hearing the prophecy, God is building me. Ezekiel said, can these bones live? He says, thou knowest, Lord. <laughs> he says, you want them to live? He said, prophesy. Glory to God. He said, prophesy. How? Because you can build things through prophecy. The bones were dry bones. They were lifeless. They were nothing. The Bible says, as I prophesied, there was a wind. Hallelujah. There was a shaking. Hallelujah. There was a shaking. Hallelujah. As you prophesied, you built something. I'm saying, for 2020, you just say, we are coming. What are we are coming? No, we will build our 2020. In January, I enter my first 10 million. 
In February, I received my engagement ring. In March, my first house, you, you are building. Why? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. He says, he that prophesied speaks as he speaks. Men are built. Not just that. It's when you prophesy. Exhortation. Exhortation means encouragement. You know, when you hear a Christian is depressed, <laughs> the reason a Christian is depressed is this. When things get tough, the reason why Christians get depressed is this. When things get really tough, and things will get tough, how do I know that? The Bible says that, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that means there will be times in your life that things will get tough. And when things get tough, stop saying, why me? Who sang why me? What? When things are getting tough, stop saying why me like Debange. Why not you? Don't you understand that people only throw stones at trees that has fruits? Have you seen thieves attack schools before? Small thieves. Have you seen thieves go to clinics before? Small thieves. Real thieves don't go there because there's nothing to steal. Thieves go to banks, markets, so where there's money. When the devil comes at you, it's because you are carrying something worthy of attention. The attack on your life is proof that there's something in you that can change the whole world. What is that? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Somebody say hallelujah. Why me? Why not you? The attack shows I carry something. Someone says, when I was young, my life had been very troublesome. Satan has spotted you since we were young. He spotted you. How many children were fought to death from when they were young? Only one. Jesus Christ. Why? Satan saw his star early. So if I've been being attacked when you were young, Satan has seen your star early. Change your perspective. What I'm saying is this. God never said, you will not have attack. In fact, God never promised us that our road will be easy. He never promised us that life will be easy. See, instead of God to say life will be easy for us, you know what he promised us? He promised us victory. Meaning, it might not be easy, but you will always come out with a testimony. Victory means there will be battles to fight, but you have a testimony. Victory means there are challenges, but you have a testimony. Victory means there are situations, but you have a testimony. Brothers and sisters, when you go through a tough time, tell yourself, I'm born for a testimony. The Bible says in all those things, we are more than conqueror. Hallelujah. We always come out with a testimony. Whatsoever is born of God, overcome the world. And this, hallelujah, let me just preach to the choir. Maybe that one that can hear today. He said, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith. I may have no money. My marriage may go to challenges, but I am a world overcomer. If you believe, say amen. Yeah. You make up your mind. No matter how it turns out, I will end with a testimony. No matter how it turns out, I'm going to end with a testimony. It will not be easy, but I'm victorious. Someone say hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. 
Why is prophecy important? I said encouragement. What does encouragement mean? Let's close now. When you now go through a tough time, you are going through the valley of the shadow of death. But God has already given you so in, in, in June, things start shaking like this. They want to shake your faith. <sighs> Tears are coming down your eyes. How do you respond? You go back to what God has told you. Did you write that thing down? You need to write down the prophecy. You, you take what God has told you. This is a prophecy God gave you. You put it on the floor. Where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elisha? Where is the God that sent down fire? Because if Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, the same thing he did can happen again. These are the words I'm holding on to. Listen, everybody's saying, shake, fear, shake, run, fake. He says, I will not run. The same God that came through for Elijah. Elijah called that fire from heaven. The same God that opened prison door for Peter. That same God is still God. He's not changing. My God does not sleep. My God does not slumber. He will come through for me. He has spoken it. Once have that spoken. Twice have I heard the voice that the power belongs unto God. Lift up your heads, your ye gates. Hallelujah. They lifted up your everlasting door. Let the king of glory come in. What is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Hallelujah. What is my God? My God is the Lord of ghosts. The God of the armies of Israel. The God of the angel armies. He has never lost a battle. In my case, he will never lose a battle. He will stand on the world. I believe it shall be even as it was told me. Amen. You know I'm telling you this? Because prophecies don't happen by themselves. Someone say, what do you mean? They don't. Prophecies are enforced. Hebrews 3 tells us about people that God told Israel. He said that, I will bring you out of Canaan land into the promised land. Question. How many of them entered the promised land? Two. How many people did not enter? Over three million. Three million did not enter prophecy. Because prophecy does not happen by itself. How does prophecy happen? You enforce it. Let your will be done on earth as in heaven. You demand it. Lord, someone say, how would the year go? You say, we are looking for it. I'm not looking for how the year will go. We determine how the year will go. How do we determine it? By the words of our mouth. Here's a prosperous year for me. Let me and that's why you must listen. This 31st come with an expectant heart. Because as the prophetic was released, you start writing. You will not just hear general prophetic word. You will hear for yourself. You will hear for your children. You will hear for your finance. You will hear for your job. God will show you the future. Listen to me. We are the one going into the future. God is in the future coming into time. So, what you say is a new year to you has always been living inside God. The new year is inside God because all of time is in God. And when God says something about it, that's what it is. Stand up, let's prophesy to our new year. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you going to talk to your new year? Are you going to talk about your children? Are you going to talk about your health? Are you going to talk about your finance? Are you going to talk about your job? Lift up your hands towards heaven. Let me declare. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. We are declaring concerning the year that is to come. Go ahead. 
speak into the year that is ahead of you. Declare. 2020, my health is perfect. My blood pressure perfect. My body organs perfect. My kids are not sickly. Hallelujah. The lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. I'm expanding. Hallelujah. I'm possessing uncharted territories. Hallelujah. I'm possessing uncharted territories. Hallelujah. I'm possessing uncharted territories. My borders are expanding. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The Lord is my portion in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I speak to someone here. The year ahead is your best year so far. <laughs> you, you know, when we talk like this, there are some few people enjoy it. <laughs> That's what they said about last year. That's what they said about last year. It was nothing. Listen, if you have that attitude, you have lost next year before entering it. Because you are entering it hopeless. And the Bible says, it's the expectation of the righteous that shall not be cut short. I speak over you. I speak over you. I speak. I don't know how many times I've heard it before. Listen to me. The, the woman with the issue of blood has been looking for social for 18 years. But she tried one more time. This Jesus. She tried this one more time. I know you have heard it so many times. But this one more time is going to make a difference for you. I declare that the year ahead of you is your best year so far. In the name of Jesus Christ. This time next year, the things you will thank God for that happened in a year will be more than what has happened in your whole lifetime. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, while you're a sister, let me say something to you. Just, just after the second service, I was outside there. He might even be in service. And he just walked up to me and said, Pastor Bolaji, he said, of course, you know I don't live in Lagos again, but every December we come. I, I mean, he'll be somewhere. Professor, he'll be somewhere. He said, Being, this church changed my life, changed the way I think, changed everything. He said, Pastor, in case you don't know this, I'm the youngest professor in Nigeria. And he'll be about 30, 30 years older there. 30? About 30, 30. He said, I'm the youngest. He's a lecturer right now. That's why he doesn't come to church, because he lectures in the school and he lives in the school. He said, I'm the youngest. It was this church that changed the way my mind, everything changed. I said, well, just living on the backside. My wife living in the world. You know, living in the world. Look at us today. Young, breaking. I said, that's what we're called to break records. I, if he's not in this service, I told him, I said, the first night, come out and come and give you a test. You're going to see him. You know even know he's a professor. Because he just, he's even thinner. Who does he look like? Just very skinny. You never know that. So this kind of, kind of professor. Hallelujah. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. you can have your seat. Amen. Let's go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings today. And someone says, how should I give? Just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have not given the thanksgiving offering for what God has done this year. That's a good place to start from.